So really anyone from the you know small retail investor to a, a large institution is probably taking advantage of the fact that these zero data expiration options are offered and possibly using them for different reasons. You're listening to IBKR Podcasts. Find more conversations at ibkrpodcasts.com. The following podcast contains options-related material. Prior to listening to today's podcast, all listeners should read and familiarize themselves with the characteristics and risks of standardized options, or ODD, which may be accessed through the link found in the show's notes or podcast description page. Please remember any trading discussions are for information purposes only and are not intended to portray recommendations. Please listen to further disclosures at the end of today's episode. Now, welcome to our show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to IBKR Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Praisman, and it's my pleasure to welcome back the co-founders of Market Chameleon, Will McBride and Dimitri Pogomatic. Hey, guys. How are you? Hey, Jeff. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, Jeff. Thanks, as always. Always a pleasure. You guys have a long history of with interactive brokers and are frequent contributors to our platform with research articles, podcasts, and webinars. We actually just wrapped up a great webinar with both of you on zero days to expiration options. But I'll include links to that webinar for our listeners if they're interested in viewing the webinar as well. Let's kind of start off with the first basic question. You know, How long have zero days to expiration options been around? It's an interesting question because the zero DTEs, in essence, always existed because when you have an expiration even a month away, at some point that option will become zero DTE. It'll only have one day. So only have one day to expiration. But what happened was that the exchanges noticed that a lot of the trading was concentrated on always the shorter dated options. Then they listed the weekly options. The CBOE listed the weekly options and so did the other exchanges. They became popular. And as they got closer and closer to expiration, the volumes kept increasing. So now we do have zero DTE options available, but for very few products. I think it's the major indices and two of the ETFs that track the major indices. So, so far, not too many products have zero DTs listed on a daily basis, but every stock eventually will have some zero DT option. And that's interesting though, because even though there's only a few you know stocks or ETFs that actually have zero days to expiration options, what is the approximate amount of the daily volume that these make up though? In the stocks that do have zero DT options, in the mid 40% of the volume in that stock, is in the zero DTEs. So big portion of the volume is concentrated on those options that expire the same day. And if you really take that day and then the next day, then you get a much bigger percentage or over 60%. But that is, you know, a significant amount of volume in the zero DTEs. Yeah, so the zero DTEs are then extremely popular when and where they're offered versus the traditional monthly expirations that we you know, grew up with in the past of the third Friday of every month. Right, exactly. As the options get closer to expiration, we just see more and more volume. So that's where the demand is. The shorter the dated, the more volume we see picking up. What is the average trade size? for these zero days expiration options? They're pretty much from what we see equally distributed. As far as zero DT goes, comparing them to the other options, we see basically the same distribution, you know, small trades, intermediate trades, large trades. Sometimes it's a little bit harder to calculate because sometimes you see small trades, but they're an accumulation from somewhere of a much larger trade. So you could, you could see five lots, 10 lights really quickly accumulating to a couple hundred contracts. And it looks like it's all part of one trade, just the way that it trades in a long sequence. There are participation from all types of traders. And the traders that trade the zero DT to us 
it doesn't look like these day trade speculators because we see consistent volume in their day after day and we're you see mass speculation usually you know those people lose really quickly and it dies down right you'll have stocks with mass speculation but it doesn't stay consistent year over year or day after day and this looks to me at least that people are employing certain strategies that are working for them that they feel is necessary and they're coming back day after day. So really anyone from the you know small retail investor to a, a large institution's probably taking advantage of the fact that these zero data expiration options are uh, offered and possibly using them for different reasons. Exactly. Yes. What are some of the benefits of zero DTEs, you know, versus the longer dated options? There are a couple different benefits I think that are important to note when we look at a longer dated option, they have several components to it. And one of them is cost of carry. Whenever you take an option that has a month to go or longer, well, you're going to have to carry that option. That means to price that option, there's a dividend in there. Sometimes you'll have to forecast that dividend if you don't know it ahead of time. Also, there's a cost to carrying an option. It's either going to be in financing if you have a margin account or an opportunity cost, because if you're putting money to work and you're holding it in there. Well, at this point with interest rates at 5%, that means whatever capital or cash you don't have in your account, you're investing, there's an opportunity cost. So in zero DTEs, the idea is that you're leaving flat every day. That option doesn't carry over to the next day. And if you're flat every day, then you don't incur that carry cost. So you take that off the table. In addition to that, when we look at options, there is a gap risk. The markets close at four o'clock, you know, some stocks close at 4.15, then they open the next day. But in between, there could be some kind of a news, there could be some kind of an event that is unforeseen or unknown that will make the market move. And if you're carrying that risk, you're exposed to that risk. You're exposed to those types of events. With zero DTEs, the idea is that you're leaving flat. So your risk exists during market hours, which you assume if they're liquid, you could start getting out of your risk. If some kind of adverse news appears and you're following it, that you could roll out of it or get out of it. So the benefit is you avoid the cost of carry and that overnight risk of something happening and that you would not be able to hedge your position or get out of your position until the very next day. And you're holding that position, you know, throughout that period. The flip side of that, what are some of the downsides? You know, that move could also help you, right? You either let the um, option, you know, expire worthless and all of a sudden that news comes out five minutes later, 10 minutes later, and you don't get to take advantage of the price move, whereas you had a longer term option, you know, that can go either way. What, in your opinion, are some of the downsides of these zero dated, you know, days expiration options? The downside to the zero DTE options is that you'd have to create a little bit of different models and look at data that you probably would not need for an option that's a month away. So if you're looking at a zero DTE option, you're really analyzing intraday moves, intraday stock behavior, intraday distribution of returns. So you're running volatility models that are looking from close to close or open high low close, and you average it out over a longer period of time. Here you have a very short period of time, and that involves more management of your positions because they're very short periods. The traditional option pricing model uses average daily volatility, right? You're taking log returns and averaging them out over, you know, a longer period of time. You really can't use that. It's not practical to use the Black-Scholes model 
for an option that has three hours to go, then two hours to go, then one hour to go, you're not going to do annualized volatility. So you're going to create a different model probably to trade these zero DTEs. If you're buying an option or selling an option that has a month to go, you're, you're only incurring, you know, that execution cost from that period to the end. Here, every day you're flat. There's no more position. So there is a bigger cost to execution, right? You're incurring more costs to do trades consistently in the zero DTEs. You mentioned, you know, obviously you can't use traditional pricing methods for the, you know, zero DTEs. So where do you think people are valuing them? Just taking you know, kind of directional moves and saying, okay, I, I believe, you know, this ETF is going to move up or I have this existing, you know, maybe it's a combination of an existing position and they just want to take a really short downside protection or, you know, upside protection. Yeah, exactly. These options are for traders that have a very short-term outlook on the market. And, you know, it could be the day, start of day to the end of day. It could be at some point at noon to the end of the day. But you really have to have a short-term outlook on the market. And you would need data, right? You would need more information that is focused on intraday. So, for example, you know, one of the things we do is we monitor and store and look at summary data on the stocks. You know, VWAPs, the high, low volume for each minute throughout the day. So, we could take a look at and analyze what usually happens from this period to this period or you know from three o'clock to four o'clock or from two o'clock to four o'clock and in addition to that you could input more things in your model if there are certain events you know happen throughout the day like for example fomc meeting or maybe there's a fed speaker or there's some kind of economic event you could look back and see well what usually happens around that time period given those circumstances so i think that when we're looking at zero dt there are some advantages because you have a little bit more knowns you know you know kind of throughout the day certain events that may happen because they're scheduled but you do have to do more intraday analysis on these options and that just requires bigger data sets you know getting more information than you would if you're just averaging it out over a longer period of time so you know by definition, the strategy for you know these zero DTs is really sounds like either short-term coverage of an existing position or short-term speculation, but sh looking for a short-term move in either direction and kind of making that play for that day or the next couple of days. Somebody who has a position may just want to hedge a certain risk during that day. If you know an event's coming up, maybe an interest rate decision. And at that moment, you want to hedge off that risk. You look into the markets and hedge that risk either through a put or a strategy. And there are other trade types, trade movements of the stock, and they have their own models calculating probabilities and theoretical values. So like, for example, if you have a $100 stock and you think between the last two hours of trading, if your analysis says that you think the stock will move up or down $1.50 and the straddle is $2 bid, then if you're confident in your theoretical values, that could be your 50 cents theoretical edge because you don't care if it goes up or down, as long as it's $1.50 or less, that straddle will be kept. On the flip side, if you think, well, I think that the stock will move up or down $2, so $2 straddle could be fair value. At that point, maybe your model says, 
I think there's a higher probability that the stock will go up than down. If you think that there's a 53% probability that the stock will go higher, then that dollar call would have a theoretical edge, right? So you might say, well, I'll take a shot on the dollar because I think there's a better chance it'll go higher than lower. And at that point, you know, you are limiting your risk. So if it goes against you, you lose that dollar. But if you think there's a higher probability that it goes to two, that could be your theoretical edge. So you're working on the strengths of your model, right? You're working on the strengths of your model. You're always tweaking it to come up with a better, more precise model with less error. And that's what it is, a competition of models. And you know, we touched on this in the beginning, but they're just right now, these um, zero DTs are just for ETFs, a few ETFs and a few indices. You had mentioned that you really see them being created for equities at some point down the line. We all know that the trading volume in equities is sort of top heavy, right? 10, you know, 10 or 12, 15 issues that seem to take up 70, 80% of the volume any given day. You see any kind of timeline when they will create these for at least the top 10. I'm assuming that they're not going to make them for all 5,000 you know, stocks that have options on them. It would be kind of a lot of work for a little reward, but certainly big guns like Apple and Tesla and so on, seem like they might fit the bill for a need for these. Right. And it seems like that would be the next step to take the top 10 most actively traded equity options and list it on there. I think that the exchanges are moving slowly and carefully because one, they don't want to look like they're just creating products for gambling because they're short-term. And the thing with short-term is that it generates more execution fees, right? And there's a bigger turn in it, but there's a demand for it. And it would make sense to list more zero DTEs because there's a cross correlation. A lot of these securities get priced based on cross correlation. If this is this, then this must be priced here and you get more efficient pricing if you could hedge things off, right? So if you could hedge your Apple and Microsoft and this zero DT against, you know, NASDAQ 100 options, you get more liquidity and you get better price discovery, which benefits the market. So you would think that the top 10 most heavily traded stocks will start getting zero DT options listed, even just for that benefit. What else do you see in the future? I mean, do you, do you see eventually like hourly expirations, at least for the big products or what kind of time period can we get to in these? That's a difficult thing to say. I don't think it's gonna go to hourly anytime soon. Doesn't seem like we would have even the infrastructure to do that right now. So I don't think it's gonna be that short term. It'll be interesting to see how this goes because if you do go to hourly, then you're narrowing it down to maybe possibly events. So yeah, right now, I don't think that we would go to hourly. The next thing will probably be just to list more zero DTE options for other products. And we already have weeklies, right? We already have weeklies for a lot of these stocks. So at least once a week, we have a zero DTE, right? We already have that. And since we have a zero DTE existing in two products, it seems like the next step would be to list it for Apple, Microsoft, the big ones. And I just kind of want to wrap it up. You know, this has been a great discussion. Currently, Interactive Brokers offers, you know, late night trading on select products. And you know, the exchanges kind of have some extended trading hours as well. You know, what happens if the major US exchanges go to like, say, 24-7 trading? Are they going to have, you know, do you think option trading will follow or do you think It'll kind of say, you know what, we're going to stick with like the four o'clock closing or the 415 closing for the indices and let that go or, you know, kind of maybe anything's possible in the future. That is an interesting question because we have this legacy system 
that is not very flexible for that. So you can't just put on a switch and go to 24-7. They are close to that in the indexes. I think the CBOE is very close to 24-7 trading on the SPX because they have extended hours already outside the normal hours. And you know what? when we compare the systems, the cryptocurrencies were it was this unregulated market structure there. And one of the things that we got to see, you know, when you're unregulated, unfortunately, there are bad players out there that are going to, or irresponsible players that could take advantage of it. But at the same time, we saw a lot of innovations there because they didn't have the same restrictions and they went to 24 seven trading. They're, tra they're trading now 24 seven and they were very innovative in ways that, you know, how do you own a digital asset? How do you lend out a digital asset that we don't have right now in our current system? They started creating these perpetual futures and then they started looking at options exchanges. And I think right now it all kind of stopped because of what happened with the FTX exchange. But there is a lot of innovations there. And I think that that would have been perhaps an example of what 24-7 trading would look like in the derivatives markets. But at this point, I think that if we move to 24-7 trading, it would take a while to get there. I don't think it's going to be this, you know, switch where we could do it very quickly, probably try to do one security at a time if they do it. It would take a while just because all the systems, all the regulatory, all the rules were under a completely different assumption. And how it would look 24-7 would require a lot of replumbing. Got it. Now, this has been a great conversation. Uh, Will and Dimitri, thank you guys so much for coming by. Just a reminder to our listeners to see more educational material from Market Chameleon, go to ibkr.com, click on education in the top right, and go to IBKR campus, and then click on our contributors to look for Market Chameleon. Another reminder that all podcasts can be found on our website under the Education tab as well, or on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, Podbean, Google Podcasts, and Audible. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm Jeff Praisman with Interactive Brokers. Thanks for listening to IBKR Podcasts. As always, we have more episodes at ibkrpodcasts.com. And if you're interested in learning more about Interactive Brokers, visit ibkr.com. We offer more trading education materials such as webinars at ibkrwebinars.com, financial and economic commentary at tradersinsight.news, market-related courses at tradersacademy.online, and quant-related articles at ibkrquant.com. The analysis in this material is provided for information only and is not and should not be construed as an offer to sell or the solicitation of an offer to buy any security. To the extent that this material discusses general market activity, industry or sector trends, or other broad-based economic or political conditions, it should not be construed as research or investment advice. To the extent that it includes references to specific securities, commodities, currencies, or other instruments, those references do not constitute a recommendation by IBKR to buy, sell, or hold such investments. The material does not and is not intended to take into account the particular financial conditions, investment objectives, or requirements of individual customers. Before acting on this material, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular circumstances and is necessary, seek professional advice. Multiple like strategies, including spreads, will incur multiple transaction costs. Any discussion or mention of an ETF is not to be construed as recommendation, promotion, or solicitation. All investors should review and consider associated investment risks, charges, and expenses of the investment company or fund prior to investing. Before acting on this material, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular circumstances and, as necessary, seek professional advice. Day trading can be extremely risky and may not be appropriate for individuals with limited resources, investment experience, or low risk tolerance. Please review the day trading risk disclosure statement before deciding whether day trading is appropriate for you. 
Trading in digital assets, including cryptocurrencies, is especially risky and is only for individuals with a high risk tolerance and the financial ability to sustain losses. Eligibility to trade in digital asset products may vary based on jurisdiction. Futures are not suitable for all investors. The amount you may lose may be greater than your initial investment. Before trading futures, please read the CFTC Risk Disclosure. A copy and additional information are available at IBKR.com.